So, Najwan, uh, I'd like to start off by asking you if you could recall the moment you had that spark of an idea, or the moment you were you were convinced that you decided that you want to open up your own guest house in the Dead Sea. First of all, thank you so much for having me on this uh, show. I don't think it was just one moment. Uh, it was a build-up to uh, find out that this is exactly what I want to do for a living. I found out that I am really passionate about food, mm -hmm. uh, especially um, mixing different flavors together. Uh, it started on a journey where, when I was cooking um, at home. And then from there, I started traveling around the world uh, because I loved eating uh, different types of food, but especially in Europe. So it was a natural uh, kind of uh, uh, just like sequence of events? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Uh, it led to uh, a journey of, of travel ar based around food and restaurants. And then from there, I did um, some cooking courses that I found quite interesting. And Where did you do the courses? Um, in Italy, in uh, France, in okay, London. Nice. But it all started back in Switzerland, as you as you mentioned. Mm. Uh, and from there, I started developing my own uh, my own style of cooking. Uh, I found out that I am really fed up with the corporate world, mm -hmm. and all I want to do is have people over, cook for them, and uh, take my passion to another um, another level. So, into what do you get out of it? I mean, you as Najwan, when yeah. you're hosting, when you're cooking, can you kind of describe the emotions that you go through or the feelings from like, having a successful event at your guest house? Yeah, the feeling is indescribable. I'm in complete awe. Like, uh, I'm, in, I'm in a very zen state. Uh, I have no thoughts going through my head. I'm completely in the moment. And I, as soon as I, you know, serve a dish, I would run back and ask, so how was it? Because I, would lo I love hearing and, and getting the right feedback. I do everything with love. Uh, and I really feel that it shows on my dishes from the way I plate, from the way I cook. And people feel it. And once I see that ha this has transcended to, you know, the, the clients or the guests that I have, it gives me an, uh, you know, a, a very overwhelming uh, joy of, uh, feeling of joy. Mm. Um, which then I would go back to the kitchen and try to make the next dish even better. Uh, so uh -huh. it, it really feeds my, my soul, hearing people that they love my food and they're enjoying it. Uh, can't feel any kind of moments where in the beginning you felt like you failed, like it was a learning experience, like you thought, okay, this is going to be difficult or it's hard. I kid and, and still until today. Uh -huh. I've been doing this for three years and before that I used to do some pop-up dinners. And every time I would go into the kitchen, there is still that self-doubt. There is that, uh, uh, you know, uh, those the small little uh, devil inside of me telling me you could do better than this, or uh, you know, you're not doing your best. And every time I would prove myself wrong, and I come out uh, feeling great about it. Um, these feelings are, are there to help me always, you know, try to strive to become better, to grow, to learn more. Uh, so Do you consider yourself kind of like a perfectionist OCD when it comes to cooking? Or uh, are you kind of like, okay, it looks good? Actually, I specialize in home-cooked food. So I don't want to, I can't say that I'm perfectionist because I try to mainly concentrate on flavor rather than uh, how it's looking. It's not a gourmet restaurant, it's not a Michelin star uh, place where I'm cooking. So I, I would just all, always try to uh, make sure that it looks very homely, it tastes good, and it shows that there has been some effort that is put into it. No, oh, okay. Um, so, how much would you think is the balance between 
um, or I mean, obviously, it's a constant learning any situation with you, like every uh, every single time you host, and like you've been doing it like for three years. But was how much would you say is the balance between how much you learned uh, from the courses? Like, uh, I mean, if it was just about the cooking or the hosting, and how much is it kind of like as you go kind of learning? To be honest, uh, from what I learned, it was just like the basics of how to make a sauce, how to make, how to mm. cook a, you know, a steak. Just the basics, but what from from my experience, it's been all about you know trying out different things, and I would learn from my own cooking. So I would learn uh, from my own uh, mistakes. Uh, so I think the the learning curve was uh, through the experience of three years. I remember how I started in the beginning mm -hmm. and where I am today. I think um, I, it's been it's been a great uh, graph of. Uh, up and down, mm -hmm. but generally it's a gr it's a growth process. Growth process. Were there any funny stories you've had over the last three years with any like difficult uh, guests at your guest house, <laughs> or if any like successful? I mean, I'm sure it was like much more successful, but maybe like were there any funny stories or anything difficult that you had to uh, accommodate? Any weird requests, maybe, um. or or something that somebody like requested but you didn't get it right for them or something something that you learned obviously afterwards yeah of course there i mean uh, luckily most of the time things are good <laughs> luckily yeah. but of course i mean n nothing is perfect and you know i make mistakes and there are some some uh, times where you know i really messed up the dish and i had no time to fix it or to make it any better so i had to send it off as it is <laughs> and you know wait for the complaint to hit me <laughs> but one that really resonated with me um was uh, when I had a, a group of people from uh, from Italian uh, and they were visiting me for just for dinner for like sev 17 of them and I've created this really extensive menu um, and I didn't have enough time to prep mm. and I thought you know I, you know I could do this you know I've been doing this for a while I'm now a pro I can handle it last minute and uh, I was really wrong. And you were humbled. Oh yeah, <laughs> really, really. It really tested my patience. And like, uh, I was in the kitchen. I served two courses already. I'm on the third course, and they're they're all men, and they're eating so fast that I didn't even have time Whoa. to put in the fish to cook. And the fish needed about 20 minutes in, and they finished the two courses in about 10 minutes. Oh wow. So they had mm -hmm. to wait uh, bef be between, you know, 10, cooking, 15 more minutes going cooking, yeah. cooking, plating, fixing the, you know, the garnish in the sides with the fish and everything. It, they waited about half an hour. Oh. By then, they were all outside of the guest house smoking and they're asking for coffee and dessert. <laughs> oh, they thought it was over, but they were like, Hollis, oh. Yeah, but oh. Um, so. Yeah, y you learn from from mistakes. From, I mean, like, just like every guest is is uh, I mean is uh, different from the other, and there's no way you can kind of kind of like formulate no. uh, like a process or a system for it. Yeah, no, 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 no way. And and I had guests, you know, they would come in, and you know, I serve really generous portions in general, and I would have guests coming in and like I'm still hungry. You know, oh, wow. is, is there more to this? You know, and I would have served like a kilo of meat on the plat uh, on a platter between wow. like three people. Uh, and then you'll have to improvise kind of thing. I, I mean, we're very accommodating as well because of the nature of the business that we have. It's not a regular restaurant. So we try to accommodate and personalize everything. But sometimes, you know, you cannot please everybody. So how would you balance that? Um, I mean, I mean, like talking about like the timing and, you know, and the, and the preparation in your own personal life. Like, 
Is there a way you figured out how to balance like family, work, uh, social life, or <laughs> or have you not? Maybe <laughs> I try my best, and I think I found a, a good balance. But uh, you know, I mean, sometimes things get really out of hand, and, and and you lose that. And it's part of the job, you know. If you're going to work in hospitality, or uh, especially in the kitchen, you know, mm. you kind of have no days off. You know, you work on holidays. You work you work on you know during the time that people are off. So mm. it's sometimes very hard on, uh, on, 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 you know, on home. I also have a, a young boy at home, he's 14, my son is Hashem. And uh, he's sometimes, you know, has finals and I'm in, like in the middle of a cooking session that mm. I need to sit down and, and do the homework. So it's not easy, it's challenging, but uh, you know, you, it's very important. Does to he get to spend time with you at uh, yes, the guest house? Yes, yes, he does. And you know, I'm teaching him slowly how to cook. Sometimes he comes and he helps me. It's, it's fun for him, but he gets bored finally. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's how what's what's more of a priority. And I always believe that you know, family and home comes first mm -hmm. uh, before everything else. But uh, if you follow your heart and passion, I think they can be uh, aligned. Awesome. So, if I were to ask you, what advice or what tips? if you would think uh, like to give like somebody who would be thinking about opening up something like similar like your guest house or like what things have you learned I mean if there's two or three kind of like words of advice that you've learned especially that you've opened up a guest house in the Dead Sea mm. in Jordan you know which may not be the most kind of like accommodating of markets no. you know like uh, if you compare it like across the region so like what difficult lessons have you learned or don't rush don't rush uh, don't get excited uh, really do the research a lot of people think that they have a brilliant idea and most of the time maybe it is but if you don't do the right research and you put the time and effort to understand the market the location your pricing who are your clients what exactly do people want to pay for is yeah. is really key and I, I didn't do that in the beginning uh, I just kind of yeah, I, I'm, I have nice dishes, I'm going to open a guest house, this location is quite cool. And Jordan was speaking in, in tourism at that time, so I thought, you know, I'm going to do a killing there. I, I traveled, I signed some contracts, and then boom, Corona came, you know? Mm. I mean, sometimes you're not really uh, completely prepared, sometimes it's like this major scale of an event. But even after that, it took me a long time to understand who are my clients and mm. how I could uh, really... Uh, adapt my products and what the services that I'm offering to the local market specifically and also potentially to people from uh, all around the world. Uh, how was it uh, in a coping kind of during uh, like the COVID times and were there anything that you that you learned of about how to kind of handle you know like when the market is shut down? Yeah um, I mean, to be honest, this is n not the normal circumstance, yeah. uh, and I hope we don't go through that again. But uh, generally, I was lucky because uh, people couldn't travel, uh, and uh, the guest house was the perfect place to escape the corona lockdowns mm -hmm. uh, in a very personalized and very private environment where everything is catered for, you're in a nice location, you're outdoor. It was an escape. So luckily, I, w I wasn't too affected as much as other businesses. Uh, but um, in, in, in general, the world has changed. And mm. I don't think we're ever going to go back to uh, normal traveling or no normal way of hosting, uh, whether it is a big resort or a small business. Uh, people are expecting far more than just uh, a place to stay or a place to eat. Uh, they're definitely uh, looking and searching for a localized experience 
things that are uh, experience-based uh, experiences when it comes to uh, hospitality, accommodation, even you know the amenities that you put in the room has when changed. You, yeah, kind of like when you speak of localized experiences, is there a huge difference you would say between your international customers and your local customers? Yes, absolutely. And how would you, I mean, describe it? <laughs> huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, we, we at the Precious, we, we, we literally personalize depending on where the client is coming from. Like, literally, the expectations are completely different from mm. one nationality to the other. For example, the local uh, crowd, they're not looking for uh, too much um, of uh, like activities uh, outside the guest uh, house or going on uh, or like off-roading or whatever. For yeah, example, yeah. while you know tourists that come in, first of all, they want to try local food. They mm. want uh, a bike so that they can cycle around uh, the guest house or around the Dead Sea. Mm. Uh, they also would like to like speak to you. Like they're actually interested in learning who you are, what you do, because you know this is part of traveling is meeting the local people, understanding mm. how they you know ca came about to to do what they do. Uh, the locals are not interested in, in having a, a glass of wine with me, for example. <laughs> but uh, like, like generally, it's very different. Um, they prefer more privacy, uh, the local crowd, than you know the, 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 tra the world travelers world that travel. come in. But I also try to personalize like certain snacks from home. Like if I have an Italian coming, I would like leave biscotti. And nice, really yeah. nice coffee in, in their in their room that they can yeah. like feel you know that they've brought a bit something from home you know they, yeah. they feel really at home. For for the local market, I try to do the opposite. You know, I would offer an Italian menu instead of an Oriental menu. Mm. Uh, initially, I was only offering international dishes, and when the world reopened and I had you know started receiving tourists, they were not interested in this food you know uh, although they want everything that, that's localized because they're traveling localized. here yeah, yeah so i yeah. tried uh, so i had to come up with a different menu altogether uh, that you know would uh, cover that part of, uh, of of the business so um if if you'd also try to come um, to ask you uh, for like a last couple of questions what's your plan for you know the next five years of the precious like, what do you have in mind, or where do you see it even going even further? Or, like, do you see it, you know, just yeah. being the, the cozy, intimate, you know, like, personalized experience? Uh, I haven't planned five years from now, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm kind of still going day by day. Uh, but uh, in general, where I see this going is um, for the past, uh, you know, for the past year, I didn't know what, which direction I'm going to I'm going to take this project, if anything, if I was going to continue with it or not. But uh, now I, I, I believe that it has really a place in the market. I believe that it has established a good name for itself. Uh, a lot of people that are coming from abroad are really enjoying it and I'm getting the most amazing feedback. I just feel it would be a real shame to just drop it because it's not easy maintaining mm. such a business. Um, what I, my aim is for it to grow. I would like to have more rooms. At the moment it's only four bedrooms. Uh, maybe you know, upgrade it to eight. Mm. Uh, have an ongoing restaurant uh, open there all the time, uh, not just by. Uh, and how much like would you feel, or uh, how much would you think, the more you grow, you would still have that Najwan Masri kind of face to it, or like would it expand to the precious, or the still, or, or are you still, you know? 
thinking I, about this? Yeah, I don't. I, if I'm gonna, I don't think it will be only Najwan. It. Uh, I'm trying to turn it around to have more of, uh, you know, a brand on its own. Uh, but still, I want to be, of course, part of it. I want to be the face of it. Um, it's still something that uh, you know I've created from scratch, and I'm always going to be uh, enjoying being there and building it up and, and, and being around. But uh, you know, I, I would like to see it uh, as a bigger project, but not to the extent where the service is uh, compromised. Like not to a franchise, basically, or no, something. No, no, no. 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 but uh, I think because basically it's still like Najwan Masri's, uh, like the precious guest house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be a family-owned business for sure mm. and uh, you know I would like my family to be more involved at some point um, my, my brother is in hospitality my both my parents really enjoy being there and they you know they try to pitch in with ideas mm. and, and help every once in a while so hopefully it will turn into a family-owned uh, boutique hotel and everybody has his own uh, uh, and how do you see you know like the difference between Najwan Masri before it started and Najwan Masri now like you as a person, like yeah. kind of like what, like not things like you th that you learned. Like how much do you feel you've grown, or you've changed, or you've like developed? Yeah, it changed me a lot. It grounded me much mm. more than before. I was uh, in a place where I did not know my purpose. I did not know where I wanted to be uh, and wh where I wanted to spend my energy. And just knowing that alone is is very peaceful. It's a it's a very peaceful place, and it gives you um, more space for for growth. Um, the more I spend time there, the more I give into the project, the more I feel that I'm grounded, the more I feel at home uh, in all aspects of my life. So it, uh, it definitely helped for the better. Awesome. Najwan Masri, thank you so much for being part of the, the first uh, like test run episode of Conversations in the Oven. We, I hope I didn't grill you too much with the heat. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. See you soon.